0: All right. Well, um, as advertised, we're going to uh, share a little bit about um, what the session has been talking about um, in terms of pursuing second pastor. It just so happens is, to, is happens to on the same day that uh, Pastor Montgomery is um, sharing the word for the last time. Um, but we will need help, and so we want to share about that. So, what is the reason why we need a second pastor? Well, we are a relatively large congregation, for an OPC church anyway, um, approximately 200 members, and we are growing. And um, that means a lot of good work. Um, the labors of discipleship, preaching and teaching, counseling and administration are beyond what a single pastor can handle. So we need, need additional labor um, just to care for you all. And... Um, And this is actually a really important thing just to emphasize at this point, that one of the things that really is important to this church is that, um, and you see this every single time a member joins, you see how the pastors and elders commit to you saying, we are going to be praying for you. We are going to be looking out for you. We're going to be visiting you. We're going to be holding you accountable to to those vows that you made to follow Jesus um, and to be faithful to him. Um, There are some seasons when, we we know this as Christians, right? There are some seasons when it's a joy to follow Jesus and it's just like so delightful. Um, But then there's other seasons where we need additional help, need additional counsel or prayer. Sometimes we we struggle with backsliding. Um, So that's why God appoints shepherds to go and seek those sheep who wander. Um, And so this is a joy for us to do that. We want to do that well. We want to know you and that requires pastoral staff. But there's also this, um, having a second pastor enables more strategic initiatives like church planting. So um, we are trying to be a church that's not just caring for ourselves, but also a missional church, um, a church that's outward focused, um, seeking to establish new churches in our area and communities where there really isn't much in terms of, um, you know, Reformed witness. Um, that's those kinds of strategic initiatives require some like free time to be able to stew, to be able to explore. Um, and this doesn't just, doesn't just include um, church planting. Um, we should m- mention here, you know, the the scholarly work that I do, um, publishing books. Uh, Pastor Montgomery has published books as well um, to encourage people. Um, the uh, ability to teach classes to help train up pastors, um, something that I'm able to do on the side when I have the bandwidth, right? You all um, are my first priority, and so um, having a second pastor frees up those kinds of investments in the broader church. So we need a second pastor, and um, we're looking for a pastor who would serve alongside of me, either as a co-pastor or as an associate pastor, um, the exact role will kind of de- depend on the level of experience that the person has. Um, we're thinking about somebody who would be at least open to the possibility of transitioning from that co-pastor or associate pastor role to a church planter role, somebody who would enjoy um, seeing uh, a new church planted. And that, that, you know, there are certain pastors where they're wired to be that kind of person, that kind of um, entrepreneurial, um, you know, go go out there and um, make something happen that doesn't exist right now. Um, so we're looking for somebody who has an inclination to that, who would be open to that. Um, we see this as a, a key way in which we um, handle church growth. Um, as we start to max out our sanctuary, we're not thinking first, I mean maybe we'll get, get to this point, but uh, we're not thinking first of all, oh we need a bigger building. We're thinking, oh okay, um, now we're getting close to the point where, Lord willing, we'll be able to do that good cell division that we've already seen happen with Springfield um, at Living Water and also at Light of the Nations in Dayton. What a blessing that now those two churches exist, right, um, having come out of our congregation. And, and remember what happened, right? When that happened, when we did that, um, yeah, there was a sudden dip in membership, sudden dip in giving. Um, but God, like, more than abundantly <laughs> uh, made up for that. Um, and sent many more people to us. Many of them um, are you yourselves. So as we thought about it, um, an intern is a possibility, um, and that, that could be a, h- a helpful thing. Interns often are great blessings and helps, but they also, um, you know, they're not, they're not fully cooked. <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a lot of additional training and investment that an intern requires um, if we're going to really be faithful with what an internship is meant to be. Um, it's sort of like an apprenticeship as, as becoming a pastor. And so an intern would be a help, but would also require a lot of my resources um, to, to invest in that young, young man. So, um, you know, we're open to that possibility, but um, we really feel like somebody who's already had their internship, Lord willing, is either ordained or ready to be ordained, would be the most helpful. So here's the process we're thinking about Um, I'm going to be doing kind of initial, um, looking around, um, various ways of finding people, um, and I'll do some preliminary interviewing, just kind of assessing compatibility. And, um, as we find somebody who seems like could be a good possibility, um, at that stage, we'd like to solicit feedback about his preaching from a variety of age groups. So we'll be reaching out to some of you. Um, just asking like, Hey, could you listen to a couple of sermons from this person? And just tell us what do you think, and and the goal being let's hear from different age ranges. Let's hear from our teens. Let's hear from um, you know all the way up to our more senior saints. Like what, what does this teaching and preaching ministry encourage you? And then um, we'll do an in-depth interview. The session will where we'll ask all kinds of questions about personal piety, uh, philosophy of ministry, uh, doctrinal convictions, assessing compatibility. And then, assuming that goes well, we would introduce the candidate to you um, in a presentation like this and have them come for a candidating weekend. A candidating weekend is when the candidate comes. Um, They um, teach Sunday school. They preach. They lead worship. Um, There's a chance, multiple chances, throughout the weekend to get to know the candidate and their family um, on a personal level. Um, There will also be a time, probably in the, um, like, probably have a fellowship meal afterwards and have a time for, like, just open Q&A where you all can ask them questions. Um, And really, it's just sort of like, in an intensive way, giving the congregation a chance to get to know this person before you would have to do the next piece, which is voting on them. Um, So we have a special congregational meeting. We're not going to call somebody um, that the congregation does not want. In fact, you are the ones who do the calling. Um, And this will be also an opportunity to talk together as a congregation about the suitability of the candidate. And then um, when that person passes that, if they need to do presbytery exams, if they're not yet ordained, that would, Lord willing, happen uh, March 2024. And then an installation service. Again, the dates really depend on a lot of factors. Um, But one of the key things we really want to... emphasize to you in all of this is that we really you know the session is taking the lead on this but we really want you all um, to have um, to give us your input all along the way so that begins even directly after the Sunday school so after the Sunday school if there are things that as you've been thinking this is an important thing to me um, that the session should keep in mind about what we're looking for in a pastor tell a session member Tell us we want to hear from you like what matters to you um, in a future pastor what what are like the most important things um, we want to hear that and so we 're soliciting feedback um, then from different age groups and then you know obviously as peop- the person comes and does the candidating sort of part of the service or uh, part of the process again we 're wanting you to like tell us is this is this a good candidate are you are you encouraged um, because we want you to know that we, we really value your input. Um, we want you to know that you you have a big say in this whole process. Um, just a couple more things, and then we'll open it up for questions here. Uh, but you should just know, for your awareness, there are very few candidates available right now. As uh, Montgomery puts it, um, the OPC does not have a very deep bench. <laughs> so... Um, That's just the sort of reality, Um, and and that I hope motivates you to prayer. Um, Jesus himself says, um, uh, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would raise up laborers for the harvest field. That doesn't just mean our second pastor. That means, in general, we need more pastors. We need more missionaries. We need people who are feeling that call um, and pursuing that call, getting training. It takes a long time to get trained, right? So um, be praying for that. But as a result of this, we don't want to rush the process or act out of fear like, oh, no, we've got to find somebody now. Um, look, we, we want to get the right person. Um, and so we want to be patient. And boy, the reason why I'm putting this up here is this may require a considerably more patience than we understand. Like that timeline where I said, hopefully March, hopefully April. <laughs> Lord knows, right? We could be waiting for a while. Um, and if so, we, we may start thinking outside the box, like hiring an intern is another kind of possibility. Our ability to afford a more experienced pastor depends on giving. As of the end of August, we are running a 35K deficit of expected giving, which puts us at 86% of our year-to-date budgeted giving. So the Lord has been gracious to us. Um, thankfully, we've been able to keep up with our expenses this year. Um, but the reality is that as the session is looking at candidates, there may be some where we just are like, we can't even really consider this person because we could not afford them. Um, this more experienced person rightly should be paid more, um, and we just simply won't be able to do that. So we just encourage you, um, you know, just be, be be mindful of this and, and um, continue. Many of you are, are already giving very generously. Um, just encourage you to continue in that generous giving. Um, as we seek to serve the Lord together. One other piece, um, you should, or yeah, this is an important piece as well. We're look, while we're looking for an additional pastor, the session has rearranged our shepherding load, so everybody will be cared for. So as Pastor Montgomery steps off the session, he had particular people who he was particularly looking out for. We made sure those people are all um, properly assigned to another elder or, or to myself. Um, but you should just be aware that because of reduced shepherding manpower, we may not be able to make as much shepherding contact as previously. We really, like I said at the very beginning, we really want to be um, in contact with you personally, looking out for you. Um, but this this may mean um, that because we're not able to do as much proactive shepherding, that you all need to um, come to us. And we always welcome this, right? We can't read your minds, so like... Come and tell us you know if there's if you need additional um, help and encouragement we we really want to give that to you um, so please uh, please do um, understand that we may not be able to make as much shepherding proactive shepherding contact. What can you do? please pray, please pray. This is on our prayer sheet now. Um, it will stay there until God raises up somebody so please pray. For the search, um, as already mentioned, give generously and regularly um, tell us things that are important to you I mentioned this already in a second pastor um, please give us feedback we we really want that as the candidate comes and um, you know at the congregational meeting when we decide whether to call him, you will have a chance to speak to us all then and also to vote um, that's part of our process so. Would any of the session members like to add anything before I raise open up for questions anything that you guys wanted to mention or Yeah, yeah, Scott Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Regular giving is, is so, so helpful and so important for us to be able to do everything that we do. <laughs> that's right. Not just look for another guy. Thank you for that. Well, any questions from the congregation or, or um, any things that you'd like to share at this stage here? Yeah, David? right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, brother, so much for that. Yeah. Appreciate you so much. Thank you for sharing that. And And sort of the the other side of that is I I also really want to be your pastor and to be uh, the best shepherd I can be for you. Um, So um, don't, like, not talk to me (laughs) if there's something that needs to be, we need to talk about. Um, Yeah. Does does he, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, Sumner. Okay, right. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay, two very important questions. So first question was, how do candidates become aware of the position? There's a couple ways of doing this. So um, one way is there is what's called an open pulpits list that the OPC maintains, where um, it's just sort of at the central office. They keep that... um, some some pastor some um, churches go ahead and like post on there. Um, other churches um, are more like we're going to proactively seek a candidate um, as opposed to let letting them come to us. Um, our the way we've rolled the past few times is not to put our our opening on the open pulpits list, um, but instead to just be proactively seeking, um, and that's worked well to this point. Um, the Thankfully, the, they also maintain what's called a, a list of ministerial information forms. It's basically just resumes. Um, and so we can, we can look for everybody who is looking for an open pulpit um, and cons- interested in, an op- in, in um, a position in the OPC. And that includes not just OPC licentiates and ministers, but also um, people from other denominations. So right now there's, I think, 21 MIF forms in the stack. A handful of them are OPC, but there's also a lot of PCA and other, like, uh, closely related denominations. Um, So, you know, I've I've gone through all of those. Um, And, uh, yes, we are open to, um, this is the second question, um, other nearby denominations like the URC or the PCA, where basically they have the same doctrinal statement as us. Um, We're quite open to um, somebody from one of those denominations being the person for this position um, so we we would you know welcome that and are thankful for those those nearby denominations clo you know close in conviction so yeah Scott yeah thank you brother mm-hmm yeah That's right. Yeah, be praying for your whole session, and um, and yeah, as we're thinking about praying that God would raise up laborers for the harvest, be praying also that God would be raising up elders and deacons. Right? Um, those those officers are your leaders, your 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 shepherds, and those who care for you. Um, we we should be praying that God would be raising up more of those officers. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremiah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, just uh, for the recording in case you wasn't able to hear um the the importance of if you have a new initiative um pursuing our operations manager who's there um to to help and to encourage um and provide the uh kind of structure to help our our, our the pastor uh, but then also um if you're going to propose something new, uh, being willing to lead it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Keith. Yeah. Yeah, great question. So we mentioned, you know, possibly not doing a co-pastor, but an associate. they're they're really, associate is more just sort of a role difference um, as opposed to like a different kind of ordination. Um, There's no actual mention of an associate pastor uh, in our book of church order. Um, It's really just sort of like sometimes um, when there's a minister who has a lot of experience and somebody who's brand new, um, there can be helpful like role differentials there where the, you know, the senior pastor would be like more in charge of like, you know big picture vision for the congregation the senior pastor would be kind of more the point person in terms of preaching and in some of these leadership roles, but they're both like fully ordained both um, you know have each have one vote on the session um, they both um, you know are author- authorized by Jesus to do the sacraments and all the things that pastors do um, and therefore even um, if we were to do an associate pastor it's important that the associate and the senior pastor receive the same honor. So as opposed to kind of um, senior pastor being kind of like, you know, he's the like real pastor, this guy's second string, <laughs> right? Um, instead, seeing this is just like these guys are really like the co-pastor has been. Um, they're they're equals. They're both um, serving the Lord Jesus as ministers of the gospel. So, yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, great question. How might this affect our relationship with the Wilmington Church? They've been looking for a long time for a pastor. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, there is, in a sense, competition for limited resources, right? So, um, you know, that is a factor here. Um, At the same time, we are not trying to, like... um, pluck somebody out from another process right so we're certainly if somebody's already in the process with another um, church in the sense of like already moving pretty close to being um, you know a minister in fact uh, Wilmington has um, called someone um, who is now in the process of um, going through presbytery exams and stuff Um, so uh you know, we we really want them to be blessed too, and we're going to keep as as it's on the prayer list. There, continuing to be praying that they, God would raise up a pastor for them. Um, so yeah, we have to we have to trust the Lord that He'll send the right people to the right congregations. And you know, this is a lot of this is chemistry, right? Like, we want somebody to be a good match for us. Um, somebody who's a good match for another church might not necessarily be a good match for us, and vice versa, right? So. Yeah. Well, one of the things we're supposed to do is to pray for the search. So why don't we pray and ask God's blessing on our search. Lord, we do trust you at this important juncture in our um, church's life. We are so, so grateful for how you have blessed us um, these past years with Pastor Montgomery and his family being here. Thank you for his zealous service and life-giving ministry of word and sacrament. And, um, Lord, we know that as you have grown this church and as you have caused it to prosper, um, that, Lord, you will not then um, leave us hanging at this, at this important point where our need for a pastor, has re- a second pastor, has reemerged. And we pray, Father, that you would help us to trust you in this time, that um, if it's your good pleasure for us to wait longer than we're expecting, that we would be patient and that we know that you're with us and that you'll care for us. We do pray um, that you would lead us to just the right man, that you would help us to discern that well. We pray that you would also, by your grace, um, be, be working even now in that man to help him know that this is where you would be having him serve. We pray for other churches like Wilmington that have been in this situation for far longer than us, um, and in, in some cases without a pastor at all. And we pray that you would um, provide for them and provide generously. We also pray for our sessions